everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. This is a special spotlight episode. We are talking about the next release in the Skybound Comet world. We had uh, the writer of um, The Walking Dead Clementine series on to talk about her project. Now we have the creative team for the next uh, book that's coming out, Everyday Hero Machine Boy, which I got a chance to read. Thank you both for sharing it with me. I have the creators, as I said, here with me. So Tri Vong and Irma Kanivala, I hope I said that correctly. Uh, thanks for taking the time to join me. Yeah, hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, for anybody who's not familiar um, with your work, what are some other projects, high profile projects that you've worked on before that they may have seen? We'll start with you, Tri. Um, well, mostly I came from the animation and, and video game industry. So for comics, actually, this is one of the, this is actually only my second book out. So the only one other book out was uh, Ninjago Garbandon. Um, and then I had a long running web comic called The Strange Tales of Oscar Zahn. Gotcha. And how about you, Irma? Is this your first uh, or an early comic project for you? Or have you are you familiar with the world? Uh, yeah, I sort of came from also a different world. I came from illustration. Um, so I was illustrating for like the Globe and Mail and the Walrus up here. Uh, but I've done a decent amount of coloring work for like Marvel and, and Boom Studios, but this is sort of the first foray, proper foray into um, like writing graphic novels. <laughs> cool. Well, I definitely want to get into some of the themes uh, and talk, especially a little bit about that title, because it's so kind of apropos of what you get in in the story. But before we dive into that, there is one other thing I mentioned following in the, the footsteps of Walking Dead Clementine, you know, Tilly Walden, this uh, award-winning creator, any extra pressure, you know, she obviously is a big name and uh, did the kind of debut for uh, Skybound Comet. Did that add any pressure uh, for you guys? We'll start with you, Irma. Um, I don't think so. I think we were just pretty committed to doing the best that we could uh, with with the, the job sort of in front of us. Uh, so we just wanted to make the best book possible. Um, gotcha. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I guess yes. enough pressure being that it's an early comic project for both of you. Anyway, right. Uh, anything to add to that, Trey? I think also to be fair, I think we may not have known that Tilly Walden was working on a, a Clementine okay. book. Until after we were done, <laughs> Everyday Hero Machine Boys. So uh, ignorance is bliss, I guess. But we had definitely had our hands full of just worrying about what was on our plate. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, starting with you, Try, talk a little bit about uh, kind of the elevator pitch of the book and, and how you were involved in it, what your role was. Yeah. So I guess it's a bit always a bit hard to sum up your like your own book in a succinct way, but I guess... Everyday Hero Machine Boy is about a uh, a robot boy that falls from the sky and crash lands into the futuristic, possibly possibly post apocalyptic city of Megaphone Six, and um, he goes from being uh, like sort of a mindless automaton, but his heart is kickstarted by uh, an old man's karate punch. So I think, and then it's sort of about, that's sort of the beginning. And then that's where the story um, really takes off. If I can jump in, it, the way that we were sort of summing it up in early stages was, uh, it's almost like a Pinocchio story in a way, mm. uh, where it's, you know, this robot boy who is a boy and just wants to be like a regular boy and sort of everything that spirals out from there. 
Yeah. And what, what were each of your roles in, in the book? Did, did you both do the art? Did you both write it? Like, how, how did you divide that up? We'll start with you, Irma. Uh, it was kind of a weird process because both of us are used to, uh, separately, we've done um, our own projects where we were kind of doing everything, writing, drawing, mm-hmm. coloring, even lettering. Uh, and so for this book, um, the major breakdown is that we co-created and co-wrote and then designs and art is uh, mostly try <laughs> and then colors is mostly me. And then there's like a little bit of sort of intermingling uh, happening in there. Yeah, that's what I find so interesting because, you, you, as you said, Irma, you've both done writing and illustrating. So I wasn't sure. And, and it's not necessarily, you know, it's not like a, a traditional comic book that comic book fans be used to where, you know, writer and then a name and then, you know, penciler or artist and then a name. You're both just credited for it. So, uh, you know, clearly a passion project for both of you. So talk a little bit about that collaborative process, Try being that it was probably different than anything you've done before. Well, very different. And I think even um, even from what Irma just said, she also kind of glossed over that. Um, even though I sort of was like the, maybe the final line art and she did the colors, but there's also large, significant chunks of the book where she just laid out entire chapters visually. So I was working off, I mean, it was a simplified comic, but that comic was already there. And so it was a lot of her st- storytelling um um, influences and the way she paced out the story that was already there for me to work on. And it was, it, it worked because we were physically right next to each other. Like literally I could reach out and, and mess up her hair if, if I <laughs> wanted to. Um, so it was just a very like organic way to work and not one we, we meant to create in that way. Um and it's also really great to collaborate with somebody that they have their, like I have my strengths and weaknesses and they have their own strengths and weaknesses, but that I just know if I'm stuck in something in any part of that, that process, I can sort of just pass it on to Irma and she can carry it forward um, and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, before we move on, I just wanted to uh, highlight that our, our lettering was done by, and I'm very sorry if I messed up his name, uh, Aditya Bidikar, uh, who like really just took what was there and uh, the script and like yeah. really drove it home. There's some stuff where we're like, I don't know how this is going to look on the page because we went into some like wacky songwriting stuff and like uh, he like, just like, <laughs> knocked it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And the lettering is a big a big part of it. Um, I'm glad you touched on that because you know Dita uh, is um, somewhat of a, a veteran. You know, he's someone who's come come his his name at least has become known to me in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He's been doing a lot of work for DC um, mm. because you know it's it's. I'm glad you brought it up, Irma, because there are so often times this book is so emotional, and we'll dive into that, especially with the color work in a minute. But there are so many times where. Machine Boy is kind of feeling down or sheepish or feeling shy and you just see the the font just shrink down, you know, and it helps to tell that story or, or it goes the other way and it's big action and it's big bombastic uh, words and it's more than just font size. I mean, he, he plays with the textures of the the uh, the letters as well and it really helps to, to sell the emotion of the story. So yeah. There's one uh, panel in particular where uh, he's like... It- there's an explosion happening and the panel itself now reads out boom. Right. Uh, where we're just like, we never thought about that. That's amazing. Yeah. Or even, yeah, I, um, I think one of, 
I think when we were writing it, we never thought that Machimo himself would have his own font. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, yeah, there's just, uh, he brought a lot to the table. Even when we first saw sort of the samples, like they're just all the, I hadn't realized that as a, like somebody that doesn't letter professionally, I didn't realize all the subtle variation, little changes in the font selection can really kind of change the feel of the whole book. Like it doesn't feel like a, it doesn't feel finished until the, the letters are on there. Yeah. And it's not just the letters, but the word balloons as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fact that his are, you know, rectangular kind of yeah. uh, intimating that, that mechanical voice. So yeah, fantastic job. Uh, well, I, I mentioned the emotion and we can't talk about the emotion in the book without talking about the colors, uh, which is, was mainly your purview, Irma. So uh, was that something in the beginning that you knew how emotional the story was going to be and and you were going to have to really kind of nail that with color or did it just happen organically through your experience with coloring previous projects? Uh, I think like with everything else, uh, you just sort of have what's in front of you for the moment and try to do what is necessary for it. Um, So like, I don't think I was, you know, thinking too far ahead, like, oh, something really emotional is going to come up and, and we're going to have to deal with that. Uh, it was just like, try sort of would pass off these beautiful pages and I would be like, okay, <laughs> let's just do what we can. And then sometimes I would also get stuck and be like, uh, I feel like something's not quite working. And then we would kind of workshop it a little bit back and forth. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, talking about kind of the age of, of machine boy and, and his evolution, his growth, you know, much like you mentioned Irma Pinocchio, um, you know, kind of learning what it means to be an everyday person, but also that, you know, getting back to that title, I want to discuss next that everyday hero, uh, because, you know, he, he meets somebody, uh, you mentioned it, try getting his heart activated by this, um, kind of elderly gentleman who's a karate teacher. And then, you know, machine boy loses him, you know, and then it's his wife. It's, it's grandmother who kind of is left to raise machine boy. And there's a little resentment. Obviously she, she feels, you know, is this a a person or being who caused the death of my loved one? Um, But there's a bond there that grows over time. And you certainly, I think a relatability for the target audience that you're going for, but something we can all relate to regardless of age, how we all have challenges just in our everyday life. And, you know, the world could just be a better place if we're just nice and had a little consideration for one another, right? It would be a better place. So, can you talk to us, uh, try a little bit about coming up with the the title and and just that, I know it's a big idea, but the overall concept that you and Irma wanted to explore? Hmm. Um, ooh, the, the title is a hard one because I actually can't remember how that came about. I think we were actually stuck. Like, what do we call this thing? And it somehow felt right to just go as literal as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a like a uh, machine boy by itself just didn't seem quite right. Like it needed to be this kind of overtly clumsy name that seemed to really fit the character uh, of the book. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Emma, do you remember how we came up with the title? I don't, this is troubling. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been just, we had so many like talks or arguments and, and whatever. It, it might've just been something that just sort of stuck in the wall somehow. And we just assumed it was always there. I think yeah. uh, cause the short that we made prior to making the book, it was the structure of it was kind of like uh, four, four days or five days or something like the, the structure of it days of the week in the life of 
Machine Boy, and maybe something about those those days. Like it's like he lives day by day, kind of snuck into it. But I genuinely cannot remember when the title became the title. Yeah, in a way, that's kind of interesting and kind of apropos because it is such a perfect title that it just sort of, you know, spawned organically. It ended up being the, the perfect title because he is facing literal everyday challenges and and learning to, what it means to have emotions and to and to try to be as human as he can. Which again, there's a relatability, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, we. I mean, it was definitely fun to draw like the big bombastic moments and stuff like that. But I think um, at the whole, at the core of it, that was um, it. Really, like the spaghetti. Like I never expected spaghetti <laughs> yeah. to be such an important part of the the story. Like the, I think you were asking before how it began. I, I, I had an image, just of like a um, uh, a robot boy whose heart was kickstarted by a karate punch. Like it just sounded fun, just writing that story, that mm-hmm. sentence down. But I, I didn't know what else to do with it. It was just like. Um, a concept and Irma when I passed it on to her I was like do you think there's anything here I did not dream that it would involve like growing um tomatoes it was it, you know, all these sort of Mondays like and I was like that that's it that like that's it hit me like a lightning rod like that that's perfect that's ex- like that's exactly what the other half of the um, of the story needed could you talk a little bit about that Irma getting that initial pitch and and was it just inspirational right away? Did it click for you? Yeah. Um, there's this this line that Try had when he first told me about it, which was, uh, it was something like, you know, uh, as I thought, he's just a boy or you're just a boy, which I, I was really, really interested in that. Um, you know, like what, what, what is it to be a boy? <laughs> and then I was kind of thinking about, uh, well if he's going to be a boy, then he probably goes to school. Um, You know, like he might eventually go on his first date. He might learn how to drive, like all these really mundane things that become really interesting because of his origins as, you know, this like destructobot, basically, like how do the, how's the friction between those two things um, come out? And so, and like, I tend to err on the side of like maybe two slice of life where I'm like, like, yeah, let's dive into the, the process of growing the tomatoes. So it's really good <laughs> that Try has uh, the sensibilities that it's like, you know, uh, well, but there has to be something more there, like, for people to grab onto, because if it's just about growing tomatoes, and there's not enough there. Um, so I think in that sense, we kind of like, met in the middle in a really satisfying way. Yeah, the comic book tomato growing audiences that's probably a pretty small segment <laughs> to make it a little a little more appealing but but i do uh, agree that um you know just just us you know all, all of us we've we've grown up we've gone through high school so there's that relatability making friends and trying to discover your identity but but we are that right like we've been there and so i mean i have a daughter she's in sixth grade so she's kind of entering that phase with drama and you know middle school drama and that that sort of stuff and it's reminding me because you forget you know, and I think that's kind of the beauty of this story, because, you know, for for older readers, it can remind us that, mm. yeah, I do remember how tough it was to make friends. And and even though he's a machine boy, he is so and the challenges challenges he's facing are so inherently human. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, just a reminder that everybody has their stuff that they've been going through. So let's all be, you know, walk a mile in another person's shoes. Right. Yeah. How much that's of that was. 
Oh, sorry. I mean, was that something you guys thought about while you were creating this, crafting the story at all? Uh, I would say that that it came a lot from our, our own experiences, you know, growing up or whatever. So we were pulling a lot from life right now, life in the past. Uh, and then uh, what I was going to say is that I feel like sometimes like life is tough and, and sometimes life is beautiful, but life is also just really weird. Yes. Um, and I feel like, uh, like this is kind of a weird story, but somehow it felt normal to us at the same time, like really bizarre things happen, but it's totally rooted in reality and in our past experiences. I remember um, <clears throat> there was one part where it, it was only tangentially related to the comic, but I was just saying, you know, remember what I, I really loved about being a kid? And uh, I said something like, yeah, we, like going to like the local uh, pizza hut and everyone said, oh, and then you see, you sit on the couch and there's that weird pattern on the couch like, with that weird rainbow pattern. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. And I thought like, I feel it's, it's oddly when you get like really specific about something, even if like, the other person is not exactly the same, it's like there's there's like entry way for people to relate to that, I guess, because they can see something that's similar to their childhood or or anything. Any and then there's like maybe a, a bit of a connection there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's got- part of the, the power of story and going back, you know, like I was saying, the, the relatability. And it's funny because different people, as they experience this graphic novel, will pull out different things that you know, speak to them. Somebody that had trouble making friends in uh, high school, they're going to, re- you know, relate to that. Somebody who, mm-hmm. you know, maybe their parents weren't there and their grandparents raised them you know, or grandmother raised them, they're going to relate to that. So uh, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot here. Oh, thank you. I, I think maybe it helps too, because um, Machine Boy is such a, a simple character in a way. Um, I think he has, he doesn't have a lot of breadth, but he has quite a bit of depth mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to vocalize that stuff. So I think because of of that, I know sometimes silence. I think we're able to sort of, I I don't know, we're able to fill in the blanks a little bit more with like maybe maybe our own experiences. Um, we didn't plan it that way. I'm, that's just sort of my read on it uh, after the fact. I think. Now no, that you mention, yeah, you're right. Oh, it sorry. makes for it makes for a very good point of view character because he's not so specific. He is a little bit of an empty vessel. So the reader's able to, you know, put themselves and and kind of fill up the rest, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were going to say something, Armin? I was just going to say, like, now that 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 I'm listening to try say this, uh, one of the sort of things that influenced us a lot in the creation of of this book was uh, like 16-bit RPGs, uh, so mm. like Super Nintendo games, right? Uh, and I feel like a big trope of, of those, like uh, Chrono Trigger, for example, it's like the silent hero. So you can just kind of like project whatever you're feeling onto whatever the hero's feeling. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're exactly right. And and there is very much uh, kind of a video game uh, aesthetic here, obviously, uh, a little bit of a, like an uh, anime or manga aesthetic mm-hmm. as well, um, so that it works on on that level. And so, yeah, I'm hoping that you guys really hit the the nail on the head here and, and it, that it's going to have broad appeal uh, for a lot of, of different audiences. Uh, I, I kind of want to get into the kind of the, the structure of it, uh, a little bit more on the technical side now. Um, you mentioned Irma kind of taking an approach of, okay, you know, let's get a, a story for each day of the week or, you know, each each chapter, if you will, is kind of um, in its own little mini story and then they all kind of tie together. Uh, was that something you knew that you two wanted to do early on? Like t- talk a little bit about choosing that structure. Oh, um, 
So that was for, we did a like an eight or 10 page short story before um, we uh, had started working with Skybound. Uh, and then when we started working with Skybound, it was originally supposed to be um, single issues, actually. Um, so it's supposed to be, you know, 20 page issues. Mm -hmm. uh, and then right around, we got to, I think it was the second or third uh, issue of sorts. Um, uh, it was kind of unanimously decided that this would actually work better as a graphic novel. Um, and like things really kind of evolved in a, a wacky way. Um, so it was going to be in single issues. And then it was going to be a graphic novel. Uh, and then we kind of made it almost to the end or maybe to the end. And then it was like, actually, this needs the two chapter prologue. <laughs> so then we went backwards uh, and sort of filled out those first two chapters. So it was really uh, like fly by the seat of our pants uh, creation. So once you made that transition and knew it was going to be all in kind of a one volume tried, was there anything that you needed to go back for those individual, I'm assuming the individual chapters were the individual issues. Was there anything that you needed to go back and kind of tweak now that it was all going to be in one package? Surprisingly not. Um, except for the very ending where, where it, the, the initial pass seemed a bit rush. We kind of went back at the end and we were able to pad it out and give it a little bit more room to breathe. Um, it otherwise it kinda we didn't change too much, I don't think. Like that once we had that chapter done, it was kind it was like, okay, we don't know where this chapter is. Like maybe what we thought was chapter three should have been chapter four, but it felt like, okay, this, there's a bigger story that we're not quite seeing. We, we don't, maybe it's not coming together perfectly yet, but we know that this chapter works. It's just a matter of like finding those connective tissues, like what needs to come before and after to sort of bring the entire thing together. Like there was never really a point where I thought like, oh, this is, um, we have to redo a chapter. It, it felt like it could stand on its own. That's that's interesting. So the way we read it might not necessarily be the way the issues would have been released necessarily. No, yeah, it wasn't. Oh, that's interesting. It, you know, now that, I think, now that you're putting it that way, it felt like, I don't know if Irma felt this way, but because we kind of start in the middle thinking that was the beginning it felt like, oh yeah, even though it's like the, I mean, it's the first time I'm drawing Machine Boy, I felt like he had a, you know, he had a life. <laughs> right. You know, I felt like there was a backstory. We didn't tell it yet, but clearly there is. So when it was time to um, realize that we needed some earlier chapters or later chapters, it was just kind of like, well, well, obviously something happened to him before. Let's just, now let's just tell it. Let's figure that out. Um, so it, yeah, it fit in pretty cleanly. Well, and there's even more to his story. Like, you know, you mentioned Irma, you know, going on his first date or, you know, learning how to drive a car. I mean, the, the again, going back to uh, kind of milestones and touchstones that we as readers can all relate to that you have all that. that he's such a fantastic character. The way you structured him, you know, we talked about uh, him being so receptive to the reader, kind of putting some of themselves in there. But even put that aside. There's still his, like, where did he come from? You know, mystery of who built him. That's a whole nother uh, thing that you guys could, could tell as well, right? That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so, think, um, I think actually also because we sat next to each other, I think so much of the storytelling process was us just 
telling stories about Machine Boy to each other. They go, you know, you know, you know what should happen, you know, what should happen next, or, or you know how Machine Boy the series should end on issue 1000 or whatever. <laughs> so there's just so much of like vocal stuff that had gone on between us that when it was time to sort of like pluck things out, it was, I guess it was, it was kind of there at some point anyways. Yeah. Now I'm getting all kinds of like, okay, what about when machine boy himself is the grandfather, you know, like you can go generation, not to yeah. give you guys too much work. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, again, just a fantastic character uh, and, and just a joy to read and something I can't wait to share with my, my sixth grade daughter. Uh, well, it sounds like you, you two really have birthed this, this child uh, that you, you know, together and probably feel this, this ownership, any nervousness that it's about to be out, uh, and everybody's going to get a chance to read it, or is it more excitement that it's finally out there? Um, I think the process has been very long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I sort of, because I didn't really know what to expect. I thought that it would be, you know, like, uh, bang, one day it's done. And then the next day the book is out, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, like a couple months later, the book is out. Uh, but there's been so many steps like revisions and then you sort of get the first PDF and then uh, you get the sort of like advanced reader copies. Um, So it's sort of hasn't been like a one day it's not out and one day it is out. Um, So I think the thing that we're most excited about is hopefully just to see what people think of the book. Uh, Cause that's really, I mean, the reason that you put stuff out into the world is, is to hopefully uh, touch something in, in people. Uh, so that's that's the thing that I think we're both nervous and excited about. Would you say so, Trey? Yeah, it sometimes doesn't feel real yet. I guess I guess it comes out tomorrow. Like, you know, even saying yeah. it is like, oh, well, okay, yeah, now I'm nervous. Actually, that, at this moment, <laughs> I realize I am nervous. <laughs> yeah, so I should mention, uh, listeners, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, Wednesday, September 7th, so the book is out now. You can go and get it. You can read it. If you're listening to this in the future past that, it's out. Go get it. Go pick it up, you know, at your local comic shop, uh, you know, order it online. You can go to skybound.com and order it. Uh, it's a fantastic book. As I said, if you're, if you're trying to get a young reader just interested in reading something, if you're trying to get, you know, a niece or nephew or your own child interested in comics, this is perfect gateway. You don't need to read anything else before it, you know. You know, sometimes there's this barrier entry. People are like, oh, wait, Action Comics is on n- number 1050. Oh, my God. How can I possibly, you know get into that if i have to read no you don't need to go back and read anything you can just go and and pick this up so fantastic fantastic book um we've talked about the the collaborative process we've talked about some of the themes of the book um what about some of the the challenges was there anything that you didn't expect that when you were you know either in the collaborative process or was it just the length of time um any, any challenges that kind of stick out that you're kind of gratified that you've overcome we'll start with you try yeah i think um because it, it started off really smoothly like bizarrely smoothly it's like oh this is what it's like you know just it didn't even feel like work it was i'm just i'm just hanging on my friends uh doing something super fun and this is so easy making comics is so easy it's way easier <laughs> working with somebody else than working by yourself right um but then once you get like halfway through the story and you're, you're, you know, you hit that second act. And you're like, what is this about? And then you realize, oh, it's, you know, I can't just, it's not just my comic and it's not Irma's comic. It's, 
it's you know it's it's an it's not our uh, individual voices it's sort of this new weird hybrid voice and um that was definitely took us i think a long time to figure out and w- it was also like a way we had to sort of learn to deal with each other just as, as a friend and and colleague too because we we both want the same things but sometimes we just completely disagreed with how to get there right and so yeah it was definitely um a, a thing to overcome yeah not so different you know i mentioned machine boy in a way is, is your your child you know together yeah. not so different when parents disagree about you know punishment yes. or yeah you know religion <laughs> or the way you know yeah. they're going to raise their their kid yeah. oh i think you know she should be able to date when she's 15 no, i think it should be 18 you know yeah it's those disagreements that you have so what about you irma any any challenges that that stand out uh, I mean, I think it's it's very similar to what Tri said. Um, and in some ways, it was almost more difficult because we've been friends before we were collaborators, where, you know, sometimes if, if you're just working purely professionally, there's that sort of um, barrier of professionalism that sits mm-hmm. be- between you. Um, so I think that the end result couldn't have come out the way that it came out if we hadn't been friends first. But trying to navigate those those like uh, disagreements sometimes was was pretty surprisingly difficult, and like having to basically almost like learn how to communicate better and like at least on my part like how to just be less stubborn sometimes, <laughs> mm. and you know see things from from a different angle and be like okay let's just 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 at least entertain this first before you you sort of like knee-jerk uh shoot it down because it's not what you wanted um so yeah it was definitely a process but i think we learned like a ridiculous amount over the course of making this book yeah that's that's really good well it's clear in talking to both of you that you both care so much about the character and the story and and the work you were doing so i suppose in a way that kind of made it easy you know even if like try was saying here's the end goal we disagree on how to get there you always knew the other person was wanting what was best for the story. You know, they weren't phoning it in or, you know, trying to take the easy way out, if you will. Yeah. We had to learn to trust that. I think it was like, sometimes you forget when you're really in the thick of like arguing or, or something like that, you you really forget, Oh, this is not my enemy. Like what this is like, we're on the same team. Like we want exactly the same thing, but it's really easy to, lose sight of that sometimes and then sometimes also i mean because comics the wonderful thing about the medium is that you can do anything you want by yourself if if, if need be um and it's it's it can be sort of really uh you know you kind of forget how to collaborate sometimes i think and it's it's it, uh, it, it was a skill to relearn i think yeah well it can be there's no budget you know it can be very freeing yeah. but yeah. to go back to something irma said earlier about getting lost in the weeds or lost in growing the tomatoes, you know? So sometimes when you collaborate, it is better to, you know, have that other voice that helps, you know, to, to kind of rein you in, keep you on the rails as it were. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's been great chatting to you two about this book. Uh, like I said, everybody, I've already read it. It's wonderful. I can't wait to share it with my daughter. Uh, and this is, you know, part of that skybound young adult imprint skybound comic. So it's going to, you know, evergreen title. Hopefully it's out there for a long time. Hopefully we get more Machine Boy and uh, in future volumes. But I do want to give you both a chance to talk about any other projects you have coming up or uh, that you want to promote or, or talk about. We'll start with you, Irma. 
Oh, uh, oh no, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting this. Uh, everything that I sort of might have coming up is, is really under wraps right now. So I can't speak too, too much about it. Um, sorry, I'll, I'll let you go try, uh, cause oh. my head just like did a, a somersault. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Well, um, okay. I guess for me, um, you can check out my other work, uh, on uh ninjago garmadon which is also coming out through skybound and amit so um that's sort of what's kept me busy for a long time and i i just wrapped that up and so i'm sort of in between (laughs) also i'm also under wraps on a lot of things too right and that's fair enough i that's typically what what people uh have for for an answer so my follow-up is always okay so if you can't talk about what you have coming up where should people follow you? So when it does come out and you can talk about it, uh, they'll be able to to get the news. So social media or website or anything that you have, we'll start with you, Irma. Uh, I'm at IrmaIllustration.com. Uh, and that sort of links to all my socials from there. Okay. And I'll put a link uh, to Irma's site in uh, the show notes, everybody. And what about you, Trey? Uh, I just have an Instagram at Trivong.com. And I post art and other stuff and some dog videos. <laughs> You're quite popular. <laughs> and yeah, that's basically it. Okay, great. And I'll put a link to the uh, Instagram for try in, in the show notes as well, everybody. So uh, again, please go out, check out Machine Boy. It's a fantastic read, all ages. There's a lot there. Uh, and be sure you are posting on social media to your friends and your followers uh, and your opinions about uh, Machine Boy. Share it with everybody. Uh, there's no such thing as bad press when it comes to this kind of thing. And we want to make sure that everybody that, uh, could be interested in this, hears about it and gets a chance to, uh, to pick it up. So again, wonderful book, wonderful project. Thank you both for, for the time and, and for a great story. Thank you so thanks much for, for so having, much having us. Uh, and lastly, thanks to you listeners as always. We couldn't do it without you. Thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.